0: True salvation, though it includes heaven and avoidance of hell and all that, is being set free from the tyranny of worrying about what others think of you. Now, here, don't miss that. God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners. He deeply knows you and he still loved you enough to exchange his perfect life for your less than perfect life. Jesus died that we'd be set free from self-love and fear of man and once again, Put God and His glory, what He's really like, before and above all others and their opinions of us. That's true salvation. It really is. Being set free now.
1: Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. Hey, Heath. How's the summer? uh, How's mission? Summer on mission. It's great. Neighborhood's gathering quite a bit. We're having meals together. We're seeing the neighbors a lot. We're doing vacation. We did camping with uh, one of the local neighbors. I noticed that you, uh, when I came over today, you have a a happy hour sign and you're just kind of right behind the front door. Like like I just missed something.
0: Yeah, we had a little happy hour last (laughs) night. Neighborhood happy hour. Um, What was it? as my wife likes to call it, the hump day happy hour. I love cause it. Because it was Wednesday, you know. Yeah. yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday. It was great. Our, our neighborhood is the most partying neighborhood I've ever moved into, but a part of, and yeah. they have a very active Facebook page that takes care of everything, and all you have to do is post it. And literally, we kind of like spaced posting when, that, you know, yesterday's posting thing till Monday. Okay. Boom, tons of people. And it was supposed to be 5 to 7, and it was till I don't know, 9. And then a, whole, a half the people went to another house. I found out this morning when I was on my walk, running and all the, other, the same neighbors sure. that they were there till like two, Oh. <laughs> so it's clearly it's happening. Yeah. So we got another one planned in three weeks. Oh, fine. And people were like, ah, oh, done. So it's becoming a predictable pattern, and that's a cool great. thing. Yeah. So I love it, man. a lot of fun, a lot of stuff, and always surprising where the conversation goes. Mm. And you're talking about nothing, and all of a sudden you're talking about something. Yeah. It's just not that hard. And I haven't met all your neighbors. I mean, I've, I've met a few of them. You've got some cool people in this neighborhood. There's some great people in this neighborhood. They yeah, really super are super diverse. And love in it. some ways. Well, like last night, we were definitely the oldest people. <laughs> uh. You know, we're not that old, but we're we, we were there, and a ton yeah. of kids. Maybe I'll post some pictures from it. That'd be fun. Yeah. That.
1: Okay. Hey, let's get into a review from user S J N eight, who says this is a podcast I don't miss. The insights and encouragements each week are great. I've learned a lot and have begun to implement some of these ideas in my context. I'm grateful that I stumbled upon this gem. Well, we're grateful that you stumbled, too.
0: Yeah, we really are.
1: Hope it's in. working well I'm in your glad context. glad you're here. The water's fine. Come on in. Come so. <laughs> in. That's... All right, man. Uh, let's get into this because I'm super excited about the topic. We want to explore today why we're so caught up with what others might think of us and possibly why we need to stop worrying about it so much. Why do you think it is that we worry so much about what other people think?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the way you said that, though, seemed loaded, Heath. So I'm a little off. You got me back on my heels. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Um, well, I think to feel accepted is a hu- universal human desire. Okay. We were, I think we were born, created back, all the way back, but all of us were born and created to live in these grace-based environments with God. Hmm. And so we have this universal human desire to be accepted because that's how it's supposed sure. to be. God looks at us and accepts us, yeah. muck and all, right? Yep. But sometimes that need to be accepted takes center stage and what others think about us takes on way more importance then maybe what we think about ourselves mm. or more, even more importantly, what God thinks of us. Sure. Okay. Now, some of you know this author, Brene Brown. You're, yeah, I love her. Yeah. I mean, just go Google her or look on YouTube. Oh my gosh. She says this in the book. She says, healthy striving is self-focused. It's you're asking yourself, how can I improve here? Mm. Okay. And I know as Christians, we're not supposed to strive, but take it in context. So mm. like, how can I improve? Okay. That's okay. Healthy. How can I gotta do better. Yeah. How can I serve this person better? Perfectionism is other focused, like what will they think? Hmm. So in other words, anything you're doing in life or trying to do a better job or be more generous or whatever, it's all got like a hinged connected to it that's swinging that says, well, what will others think of me? Sure. Though? So perhaps your childhood caregivers were uh, emotionally distant, hmm. however you were raised. Uh, maybe they were physically or verbally abusive or they set impossible standards that can lead to us being so worried about it. Sure. Maybe you were bullied at school, like really brutally, Mm. and that that made you like always on edge about what people are thinking or what's going down or whatever. Or maybe you felt as though you never measured up in a competitive sort of comparison culture that we live. Or maybe you don't even know the reasons, Mm. okay? But we've got this sense of self, right? We all do. We're image bearers, but we don't always know that or think about it. And we've got broken identities. Yes. We've, our whole lives, for whatever the reason, we've been trying to measure up, trying to prove ourselves. Uh, we have fear of man issues. There's this, we talk about all the time on the show, do to be. Like, mm-hmm. am I doing enough to equal this, to be this in your eyes, all that. It's backwards. Yeah, And I think... Part of what's going on and why, I mean, if I, if I get right to the nub, brother, why we're so worried about what others think is the ultimate idol of self is at work. Hmm. I really love me. I love myself. Sure. I want to protect myself. I want me to look good. I want me on the throne, if I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. And so I'm I'm really caught up with what others think. Hmm. And that's not just in like, hey, how does my hair look today? Or like, these pants don't fit anything like they used to, you know, whatever. Sure. There's, that, oh, there's all that, but there's also... Am I being perceived as right and the smartest and valuable and desirable and people want me around
1: and all that? Man, so much that's caught up in the idol of self. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, not to be too insensitive, jumping back right now, but just a couple episodes back, episode 173, we did talk about how to crush idols and counterfeit gods in your life. And occasionally we don't even look at ourselves as an idol, but it's there. Like, and like I said, there's stuff that happens in our past
0: and bullying and abuse and all that also feeds it. But the thing behind the thing behind the thing, it's uh, this idol of self. And we're trying to, man, we're, we're trying to manage everything. And we have to like back off on that. We need to relax.
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it reminds me of a Keith Green song uh, called Make My Life a Prayer to You. And he has a line in there that says, uh, I want to thank you now for being patient with me because it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me, right? Mm. Uh, which is just a great line. And it makes me think about how much more freedom we'd have if we could actually get our eyes off of ourselves for a few minutes. So what is it that you think, like, how can we relax a little bit? How can we stop worrying about what others think? And then I want to follow that up with a question because I'd be curious to talk about how we really need to stop worrying about what certain and specific people think yeah. if we're really going to care for others and live on mission properly. Okay, great. And that's an important distinction. we are going to get into
0: that? So here's, some, here's just some tips, okay, and pointers, I think, on how we can begin to relax a little bit all right? okay. and stop worrying about it, okay? First is keep everything in perspective, all right? It's been said that people would care a lot less about what others think about them if they knew how little others think about them. <laughs> and it's true. If you're worried about how you come across to someone you've just met or had a conversation with, keep in mind, they're probably doing the same thing. Mm. they're focused on how did I do? What did he think of me? Well, you know, you know, and that's the world. I think a big part of salvation is that's gone. Mm. That's, that's been removed. We're not worried about it because we're secure in who we are in Christ and our identity and authority and privilege. Second, lose the crystal ball that Mm. you don't have. (laughs) And what I mean by that is we so often immediately create a list of a bunch of ways the other person is thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just did this or that didn't feel right. Or like I did my best and I wonder what they're thinking. And we create this list. What are they thinking about us or what we just said? And all of it's usually negative. And we really don't know what they're thinking. We Hmm. don't have a crystal ball. So lose it. (laughs) Like forget it. Also, remember, love always hopes the best for a person in in the situation you're in. Hmm. Love hopes first Corinthians 13 love hopes. So don't immediately think here's the 10 negative things they're probably thinking. Sure. Love hopes. The Second there. Corinthians also says that we're to take every thought captive. Our thoughts mm-hmm. <laughs> can't worry about theirs. Do you don't know what someone else is thinking? Sure. Only God knows the thoughts of another person. So lose the crystal ball. Third, I'd say let go of perfectionism. Okay. It's great in life to want to do good, get better, Sure. No one's perfect. We all know that, but it's okay to want to do things well, but it can be hard to shake the feeling that if you just get things right or had said the right or perfect thing, well, then you'd be more loved and admired mm. or get the result you want. But perfection is an, it's an illusion. Yeah, And what people think about you has more to do with them than you, mm. which leads to the next thing, which is really the biggest is- issue. And that's Ask yourself what lies are you believing about God or yourself or the other person, hmm. and that's what's going on a lot when you're thinking about why am I so worried about what that person thinks. Well, what lies are you believing about them? Well, yeah. oh, they've never liked me. How do you know, do you them, know, you know? that? Yeah. yeah. Or a lies about yourself. I've always been this way. I, I never this or I suck at that or hmm. I don't have this or it's like and, and more importantly, what are you believing about God? Who's sovereign here? Who changes hearts? Who created you exactly the way you are and loves you the way you are? Yeah. And he's weaving together this tapestry of people and humanity and situations to show his glory. Like, so what are you not believing? Hmm. That's when you get into a situation, you're like, you come away going like, shoo, man, I'm so freaking
1: stressed because you're so worried about what a person thought. Sure. And it's creating limiting beliefs. What are you not believing? It's good questions to ask, ma'am. Yeah. I was thinking about the other night, my wife and I were talking about how, uh, I do feel that need, that perfectionism need a lot. And she said, it's so interesting that for somebody who's so concerned, like so insecure about what people think about them, that you make a living being on stage in front of people. And it was funny because that night Uh we got a phone call from a a neighbor who the conversation, they invited us over and and the conversation got to like, so do you feel insecure about like our friendship? And I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. because I always walk in thinking, What are you guys thinking about me? And they're like, Heath, we love you. How are we not showing you that we love you? Like, it makes us sad you feel that way. Right
0: to that thing of like, you're not believing yourself. Like, I'm not worthy, so they must
1: not. And then I'm projecting on them untruths. And then now they feel the guilt of like, well, we're not showing you that you're loved enough. So that's on our fault. And it's like, this spirals. But do you see how that connects back to what you're not believing about God? Yeah. See, you don't really believe, I'm
0: saying you, like, it's just you, Heath. You're the only guy, you know. (laughs) We don't really believe God loves us apart from our accomplishments. Sure. Or like, you know, I did that, that sucked. Or like, my marriage could be better. Or like, ah, I didn't parent that well. You know, I didn't do that well tonight or whatever. So we're thinking, God's not that stoked about us. Yeah. So therefore, I feel horrible. Mm. And if I do and God's that way, then I project that on everybody else. Yeah. Think about it. How do you have a real relationship? How do you have any kind of intimacy, meaningfulness, trust? And it always comes back to what are we not believing about God, about
1: ourselves, about others. Yeah, and that's what the crux of the conversation was. It's like, no, I don't think that you don't love me. I just think that you guys tolerate me. And then I was thinking, well, I think sometimes I that's feel the my same way, though, God. bro. I, I feel yeah. the same
0: way sometimes. I, I I'll lay in bed going like, okay, I just feel like I had the worst day in the world. But then I was like, go over it. Was like that was the best day in the world. Hmm. Why did I assume? Oh, she felt that way, or he said he he said that. He probably meant this. It's yeah. like Why do I go there? Not believing what's true that God loves me and He doesn't see us that way, and, and that's not due that, to be that would make you run. Like that should just make us run to want to spend time with the God. like, I don't know what anybody else is thinking, but mm. God, I know what you think because you said it and you showed it and you proved it on the cross. <laughs> like I was a dirt bag
1: and you came. Yeah, exactly. Is and, there anything better? He you died. Oh my gosh. So yeah. let's take a second here and pivot a bit and talk about how, that there are certain people in our lives that we actually really do need to stop worrying about what <laughs> yeah. they think in order to to do our jobs, to care for people, to live on mission, to make disciples. What would you say about that?
0: Well, first I want to say that what I think what you're asking and what I'm going to talk about here is not about having this attitude that's like, I don't give a beep about that. You know, what you say, I just sit here and like, oh, Heath's not happy about this. I don't care because I'm not <laughs> yeah, supposed right. to, you know, podcast said don't care about you. Know. <laughs> I saw a blog post actually when I was researching for this called 10, something like 10 ways to stop giving an F about what others think. Hmm. <laughs> uh, that's not what we're talking about. Okay? Sure. But there are certain people that just block our ability to be effective or they try to, or do what we need to do or get to do. And we'll actually be better off to put them on our mental or emotional do not call list. Yeah. I, I'm just, it's I just true. Right. Yeah. Like we're, we're not saying they don't have value. We're not saying they're necessarily wrong. We're just, sure. you know what, for us, we need to put them on the do not call list. Okay. Yeah. Now I've heard it said that there are three kinds of people that will engage consistently in our lives. Okay. Okay. There's negative people who will pretty much oppose you no matter what you do or say. They always, well, that could have been better. Well, that's not going to matter anyway. Or like that's, I don't even like agree with that. They're just sure. negative. Okay. Even good things you do will be twisted by them to convince others that you're bad. Hmm. Okay. So there's, we all have those people, the negative. Oh yeah, we do. Okay. Then there's more neutral people or like flip-floppers who can be with you one day against you the next. And they're actually, these people are most easily swayed and influenced by what others think about you and them. Hmm. So they're just kind of going go with the wind because they're super worried about what people think. So sure, They're for you if they think everybody else is, but if not, like, you yeah, well, yeah. Heath guy. Whatever. Yeah, you know? ultimate. Caesar's always that way. Okay. <laughs> then there's the third people, which are positive. They love you. They support you. They pretty much, no matter what, they're going to be on your team. Wow. No performance required. Yeah. These people are pretty rare. And I found they're usually more mature and less worried about what others think of them. And that's why they can consistently support you. Yeah, they're healthy enough to yeah, yeah. pass that on. I don't need feedback and joy coming back from you on how I support you or not, because I'm secure. Sure. <laughs> By the way, Jesus had those same three kinds of people in his life too. Hmm. So I don't know, Keith. when have you seen these three types of people in your life? Yeah. And I want you to name names here.
1: Yeah. Oh, go. Okay. So
0: for go negatives, go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Negative people. There's a lady that I serve with constantly. I mean, we we work together two or three times. Careful. Uh, and know. I'm I'm like, man, I'm not, I can't say this name. I'll give you the names for the other. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally but this good. one, I mean, no matter what you do, it's just they're so unhealthy that everything is about them. I mean, it's like this insatiable smear. It has campaign. nothing to do with you. You get no. that? Yeah. But just like I oh. have to remind myself that because when I'm around them, I'm like, oh man, I am awful, and then hindsight you go like no they're just so unhealthy that mm. they have to step on you to make themselves feel good and it actually makes me feel sad for them like in the long See, run so you're you go like, gotta put that on the do not call list i can't even can't receive that you know i just i don't want that call i've worked with many people and, and some people in my travels that are kind of neutral like especially in the industry i was in with music it was like i mean people are using you and they need you for this and then your friend and then something comes up and they get a better offer and then they're flopped and so yeah, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So those yeah, questions right? like that are like, "Hey man, I think you owe me a couple of these." And you're like, "Oh, well, are we keeping tally?" Because I think wow Actians talks sucks about that too. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as positive people, like love me, support me. I mean, there's uh, Kathleen obviously is is one of the major bro. Yeah. Definitely I mean, punted it out of your coverage zone there with Absolutely. <laughs> you, Josh boy. I mean, there's people in my life that have really gone like, "Dude, you don't have to you don't have to perform and even when you're low, I'm going to remind you of your true identity." Mm-hmm. And you go, gosh, it's like having a constant, like, gas pump around you filling you up again. So I named yeah. some names there.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, the flip-floppers and the negative people can sometimes be people that you love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
1: just, but they just are. Sure. So you're not my saying, step, like— My grandpa on my, on my stepdad side was one of those people who just just never can make him happy. Everything was an issue. Loved me, but yeah, unhealthy.
0: And sometimes those, you know, negatives or flip-floppers can be people who are in positions of authority— Mm-hmm. or above you at work or in your life yeah, it might be your spouse yeah i hate to say that but for some people that's what they're thinking they're hearing this today and they're going that's my spouse you Sure. Know? or a sibling
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know sibling that's just like i have one of those it's like yeah. i i gotta put them on the do not call list hmm. old friends you know they, they they've known you for so long that as you change and evolve they disdain you for it yeah but you love them but how about a boss or a supervisor, or maybe it could be the elders at your church? Hmm. So, for instance, I, I've run into this too many times as I work with so many people planting churches, start mission communities, sure. trying to transition their churches to missional. Um, well, we're all about it, but the elders—they're—they're—they won't go along with it. Hmm. They're dragging their feet, and they're just every idea we have. You know, it's like no, because we've always done it this way. Yeah, and it's just like you—you—you—you know—to actually serve people and make disciples you're going to have to quit worrying about what they think. Hmm. I I have a friend years ago that said, it's a little snarky, okay? So some people are going to go like, well, that's... But he says, well, I like the way I'm doing it better than the way you're not doing it. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's certain people that they're never going to understand or they're going to be fearful by what you're trying to do or Hmm. say or the freedom you have in Christ. So like, I've had people actually say, dude, I'm blown away how you are so free to just speak truth to somebody and then... You kind of leave it there, and it doesn't bother you, and it doesn't seem to flip them out. I, I can never do it, and they actually hmm. can get angry about it. Like you're so free about it, you know. It's <laughs> like, and you're like, but uh, see, if if you're gonna like, ch- and I've had people go like, yo, oh, you can't talk to people like that. It's like, what do you mean? Hmm. Well, you just like, you just told them this is the real issue, and hmm. this is the this is what God thinks about you. But, but maybe they're experiencing is like, listen, you know, yeah, I'm trying to hear the Spirit and speak the truth. And so you have some people you got to to actually serve. To actually make disciples, you've gotta quit th- worrying about what they think. Yeah. You just shake do. off the dust. I have people say like, "Well, we're listening to the podcast, or you know, I bought one of your books or course or whatever." And my wife and I really want to live this way. My husband and I want to live this way. Sure, but you know, our pastor's not like that. Yeah, it's like you know, you you make disciples. You, yep. Jesus commanded it. You get to it's the thrill ride of that you're ever going to live on this planet is to help call out and build up the image of God in people. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you know, make, beautiful. And so if someone's like just not into that, you got to stop worrying about what they think yeah. to truly care about making disciples and be serious about Jesus' call to make disciples. All the naysayers, the people who are, they're so much more worried about this program or that or the way we always did it. You got to quit listening to it. Sure. I'm not saying you don't love them. I'm not saying you, you, you have to quit being a part. I'm just saying you got to quit listening to it to the point where it's stopping you. Yeah, you have absolutely. To. You have to. And I think the two types of people who you really need to stop caring and worrying about what they think are those negative folks who don't take the time to even understand you Hmm. or why you're trying to live on mission or do things different in your neighborhood or your church, your small group. They just cut it down because they go, well, I'm going to live that way. Sure. So then I'll just find some scripture and try to take it out of context and fix you to actually live on mission and make disciples. I think most of us and most of our friends listening today are going to have to stop caring about what certain people think. Hmm. And that, remember I put on that list, like could be a spouse. Yeah. Too many times I've had people say, like, God is bringing so many people of peace into my life, and I see so many opportunities for discipleship, Mm -hmm. but my husband's just not into it. He goes to work, go to church with me on Sunday, that's it. And the rest of the week, is not. Mm -hmm. there's no God in our life. Checked out, yeah. You're going to have to do, you know what I mean? You're going to have to, like, set that part of that. Don't stop and let your life be the example, the thing that's salty.
1: So I think it's time to, like, crank up the the burner a little bit, and we'll get a little bit touchy (laughs) here, but... Who do you think the other person is that we need to maybe stop worrying about what they think?
0: Okay. This will sound harder to some folks, but the other person that sometimes you need to stop worrying about what they think about you is the person in your life that you're attempting to love well and speak truth to. Hmm. I mean, meaning there's someone in your life and you love them and you're trying to help them and, and you're trying to help move from unbelief to belief in some area of their life. And you need to speak the words that the spirit gives you in love. And you, you know that you're not going to say it perfectly, Mm -hmm. but you need to leave it with the other person to choose their response. Trust God to do the work in their hearts. That's his job, not yours. And you need to stop worrying about how they receive it. Mm -hmm. I I know that sounds too weird, but I think we're onto
1: something. But
0: Christians are so worried about how people perceive them back to this idol of self. Like, if I say that, they might not like me, yeah. or they may not want to hear it. They may not. Yeah. Guess what? When you come to me in love and point out sin, I really don't want to hear it. Yeah. Sin is feels good generally. That's why we do it. Yeah. Being selfish feels I'm filling my tank, and so when someone comes to me, truth and love, they need to not care what I think in some mm-hmm. way. It, you know, there again, it's not the like screw you. That's not the attitude. That was not Jesus. But when he nailed the Pharisees, he didn't love because his dad's glory was more important. And them coming to believe what was true about him was paramount and way higher. Again, this is not a license or suggestion to drop bombs on people and say, well, whatever. We're not throwing rocks. (laughs) It's actually the opposite of that. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, exactly. But if we're believing that we're supposed to be sovereign over their response or choices, and that's a lie about God. Mm Mm-hmm that we're believing,
1: who's really the only sovereign one. Well, we've talked before, like the issue there, the core issue is that we think that person is more glorious than God is, right? Yeah, and, and that's like, what's coming yeah. up here.
0: If we're not willing to speak the truth in love for fear of what the other person will think, well, exactly yep. what you're saying. That's self-love or loving them, and it's falling into the lie that that person's more glorious than God, yeah. and that their opinion is heavier and outweighs what God thinks and already says is true of us. Mm. So, so backwards, which is that he loves and cherishes you regardless of your performance or perfect words or actions or theirs. Yeah, so see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you're, that's the trap. Now yep. you're falling into they're more glorious than God. No, nope. yeah. you get stopped thinking about it. And then if you're locked up thinking, Well, uh, you won't do or say a certain thing because that person will never listen yep. or that person won't change, then you're believing the lie that what they're thinking hmm. or how they'll act back to that crystal ball thing you don't know, yep, and you're believing probably falsely that it's your perfect approach or your words or your perfect timing that'll change that person. Not yeah. believing the truth that the spirit of God convicts of sin and righteousness and changes the hearts of people.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing you got to remember, like if the spirit's leading you to do something, do it, like do it in love. Cause there's a-holes that don't, you know, and it's like, well, that wasn't received well. I, t- I tried to tell them, but they just didn't hear it. And they're like, well, you didn't really do it in love. But then on the flip side of that coin, there's times where I've seen people and it's like, I really should address that, but I, I don't want to make things awkward. But by not addressing it, you're actually just allowing them to spiral into whatever it is. My experience, most of that is my self-love. Yeah. And I've actually had the spirit convict me many,
0: many times where I had to go to people and say, you know, last time we were talking about this, mm, I didn't go where I was supposed to. Like, mm. what do you mean? I loved me more than I loved you. And I I. I can't, I will, first, I want to say I'm sorry, and can you yeah. forgive me for loving me more than you? Which happens more than you know. Okay. <laughs> sure. But I really needed to say this to you. I think I think God wants to say this to you, and He wanted me to use me to do that. And I loved me, and out of fear that you know you might not be stoked about it because it's a little bit of an oucher, bro. You know. Yeah. But here goes. I'm going to do the best I can. Please know this comes from a place of love. And you know what? Ninety-nine times out of hundred, when you start with confession, humility, yeah. and you bring it to a person like that, even if it's an oucher, you know, yeah, they're going to be like. I got to think about that. I'm going to receive that. Now, yeah. you got to leave it with God then. Yep. You got to think, we won't more worried about what God thinks,
1: and you already know what God thinks. I love you, son. Yeah. I'm crazy about you. Yeah, and then the follow-up, I think, is not to leave it just there, but also to pursue afterwards. Go like, hey, I know you've done this with me. Like, hey, man, I know that was a tough word last week. I still love you, man. Like, you want to go see a game this week? You want to come over and have a drink? Like, so there's this pursuit, that identity of of Jesus pursuing and us. And that's,
0: and we learned it, hopefully, we learned that when parenting our kids. You, yeah. you
1: parent them, but I'm still on your
0: team, but sure. you still got a timeout or you're still, you still might get a spanking here. Yeah, but get a but yellow I love card, you. Yeah. It's not like, well, you're getting a spanking and now you're on your own for three days. Go sure. live in the woods. No, <laughs> whatever, you know.
1: All right, man, let's jump on to the big three. Those are the big three takeaways we'd love for people to have based off what our topic was today. Caesar, what would you say the big three are for this week?
0: Yeah, if nothing else, don't miss these. And, and as always, like sometimes I point it out and or Heath will point it out, but I always kind of put it like in head, heart, hands. Like what do we need sure. to know? What do we need to believe? And what do we get to do? So here's the first one. What God knows about you and every person that you ever meet and do life or ministry with is the biggest thing. It's paramount. He alone knows the hearts, motives, and plans that he has for you and everyone else. Love hopes the best and it expects God to do the work of glorifying himself while he uses and changes us, both of us, to do mm. that. That's good, man. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Second, true salvation, though it includes heaven and avoidance of hell and all that, is sure. being set free from the tyranny of worrying about what others think of you. Now, here, mm. don't miss that. God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Romans 5, 8, right? Yeah. While we were still sinners. He deeply knows you, and he still loved you enough to exchange his perfect life for your less than perfect life. Hmm. Jesus died that we'd be set free from self-love and fear of man, and once again, put God and his glory, what he's really like, before and above all others and their opinions of us. That's true salvation. Like really is. Yeah. Like being set free now. And third, you're not the center of other people's focus. They usually are. Mm. Remember, you would care a lot less about what others think about you if you knew how little others think about you. (laughs) Pray for the words to speak to others, especially for more sensitive conversations, Mm. and then wait for God to do what only he can do. Their response or lack of is their choice. Mm. But be faithful to do and act and speak according to the Spirit and the Word and what God asks
1: you to do. Yeah, I I love that last one, man. It reminds me that often... I mean, how much weight I carry on myself, like projecting other people's opinions on me. And they're like, oh man, you would read way too into it. I've never given it that much thought. And meanwhile, like my insides are just being turned around because I think this person- For weeks or months or years, yeah. Yeah. And then you develop a narrative in your head that is completely unfair and not true. And so yeah. thanks for those big three. Awesome. And as always, you can get a printable PDF
0: of this week's big three, just- Go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. That's everydaydisciple.com forward slash B-I-G, the number three, and we'll email it right out to you. And, and by the way, if you're interested in learning a full framework for discipleship and mission with your family, in community with others, if you're trying to help your church move to much more community-based faith and discipleship in everyday life, that's what we're all about. I would love to to show you what we're doing, talk to you about the coaching we offer and all of that. Just go on over to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching, and there'll be a bunch of more information and even a little short form you can fill out if you want to touch base, and we can hop on a phone call or a Zoom call or whatever, all right? Well, time's up today. Next week, Heath and I are going to talk about how Jesus explained life and growth in the kingdom it turns out it's not about mere church attendance and behavioral modification with a big emphasis on sin management. No, nope. and Jesus wants us to see and experience life in the kingdom of heaven every day. And we can see a pattern and a promise throughout scripture that lights that path for us. It's really cool. We're gonna unpack that for you and I think you're gonna love it.
1: I'll talk to you soon.